Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, Pride of Detroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We come to you live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. We'll get the introductions here real quick because uh, this one hurts again. The hurt never stops. This one, I thought like, okay, we'd have some interesting things to talk about. And I get on the post game show and it's just an overwhelming cascade of just Hate, 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 hate. Who are we taking? When are we fire firing Aaron Glenn? Hate, 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 hate. So guess what? We'll go deeper. We need to go deeper. I'm Christopher Fett, the adequate host at Christopher Fett on Twitter. Uh, making people mad already today. Trust me. It's been uh it's been fun. I will tell Twitch chat to to uh mind their selves today because I'm already in a ba- I've already been in a banning mode. That sounds silly. Anyway, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, is much more nuanced and forgiving than I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm already sensing that I'm again going to try to be the voice of calming reason this week. Uh, after after doing so last week against the Cowboys, there 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 were some good things that happened in this game. Uh, a lot of bad things that happened in this game, but I would say there wasn't much surprising that happened in this game. So which that's makes where I'll it, and we'll get into that. Which makes it hard for me because I like surprising. I like new and interesting twists. Yeah. And I'm running out of ways to talk about this defense. But let's bring in the third man, the man, the senior editor, Ryan Matthews. Black is the mother rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. How are we doing tonight, Ry Ry? Who had the Lions scoring 27 points in the first half and then doing nothing in the second half on their bingo card? Well, maybe not on a bingo card, but I know you had it something like that in your parlay card. I don't care. Like, I'm so sick and tired. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I've been really good at betting the Lions this year. I was watching this game with a friend, and, you know, the Lions were – it was at that point the Lions were down four. They had an opportunity to, to go up on, on that drive where they ended up turning the ball over on downs. And at that point, we had we had the Lions plus 13 and a half. So like we were feeling really good about our bet. And he was like, man, we're, we're like in good shape. And I'm like pacing back and forth. because I'm like, that's not enough. Like I want the Lions to win this game so freaking bad. And they're down by four points. I couldn't care less. Like I feel like I, I feel like my bet is a lock. I don't even care if I lose the bet. Like I just want the Lions to show signs of life in crunch time 
in a moment where it, it's time to to put the game away. And I I'm struggling to really think like in the Dan Campbell era when they've done that. Like yeah. games on the line, they, they they have an opportunity to to put the game away. Like the only real game I can think of is rewind the clock back to Minnesota of last year, like for their first win. Like that it's really the only game I can think of where the Lions were trailing and they yeah. came back and they right. put their foot on somebody's throat and I, won the game. I, I think I can diagnose, taking from what you're saying, I think I can diagnose where a lot of the frustration is coming from. It's not just that the Lions are still losing, which is a big part of it. Fans obviously don't want to hear that it's going that there's nothing really to save this defense and it's not going to be fixed in one year. And the bill of goods they bought on hard knocks is not going to dissuade them from the fact that this is still a rebuild, a rebuild from a completely broken and anemic roster. But it's also that it's the same ways they're losing in from 2021. Maybe not coming from behind as much, but it's still it's it, the ways they are losing is still in the heartbreaking. You can see their path to maybe getting there. And yet the defense isn't stopping anything that the offense has to stand on their head. And when it comes to, yeah, something like that, Ryan, on a fourth and two and that play develops and oh, my God, it's an awful play. And Jared Goff decides to go to uh, Josh Reynolds deep when all they needed was two yards. And nobody like had the mind to, I, I don't know, spot the defense, what, what the Dolphins were doing. And I, I know I'm harping on the offense when the offense played a very good, uh, a very good half. Let's just call it a very good half as much as you can against the Dolphins. But ultimately that's what it comes down to at the end of it. And it's just, again, it's the same old song and dance, Jeremy. And it that I think that's what makes it harder for Lions fans after a loss like this because it's like okay this has been the same thing that's been going now for yeah uh, twenty three games yeah no and and you you can sense Dan Campbell's getting kind of frustrated and tired of it too I think at one point in his press conference tonight he said something like we're close man and I know you're I know you're sick of hearing me say it and I know I'm sick of saying that I'm that we're close but but we're close and I think it's especially frustrating when you think about the narrative that that Dan was was bringing into 2022, which was we were close in a lot of games last year. We were probably, you know, two, three, four plays away from being a, a seven, eight win team. And so what did they do all offseason? What did they do, you know, to start their practices? Oh, well, let's get into these critical situations. Let's work on those really early in training camp and in, in OTAs uh, so that when those times come in the regular season, we're ready. Well, those times have come. They came in Minnesota. They came in Seattle. They came today they had golden opportunities to to put out to to take the lead to hold the lead to to get a stop i mean they were awful on third down th- today on on really both sides of the ball and, i think and i think what working. was it yeah i think i think the dolphins they were like 8 from 12 from third down and the one fourth down they converted as well right so yeah. and so ultimately I, I like I don't know. Is that is that inexperience? Is that young players just not being able to be up to the moment? Is it is it bad coaching? Is it poor playing calling in in you know really important downs? Is it and this is another thing that Dan Campbell said that I thought was interesting, but also maybe maybe also falls into nonsense. Like he said, uh, Bill Parcells says this. You don't. You, the only way you start winning close games is start winning close games. 
Well, but Bill Parcells also would say you are who your record si- you are what your sure. record says you are. And right sure. now, the Lions at one and six are what their record says they are. They are yeah. too. So, but yeah, I, it, it's frustrating to see them lose all these close games because you look across the NFL and it most like year to year, it seems like all that regresses to the mean. Everyone it turns out to be pretty average in, in close games. If you're bad one year, chances are you'll regress to the mean in the next year, and that just hasn't been the case here feels like in decades it feels like ever since Matthew Stafford maybe that's part of it maybe you need a quarterback who can perform in crunch time I don't want to harp too much on Jared Goff in this game because I thought he played particularly well but it it just feels sometimes like this team is snake bitten and you don't really know who to point to because you see an offense that looks so electric in the first half and then they come out in the second half and go penalty 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 and, and suddenly it's first and 30 and that's one of three total possessions that they got in the second half gone before it even started. And so it's just like, how, how does this happen? How does this team consistently fall apart at the worst times? And is it coaching? Is it players? I I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that, but, but I'm with you, Ryan. Like it's such a frustrating thing to watch on a week to week basis. It is, but I, I I think like you mentioned at the top, Jeremy, like for as, big of a stinker as the second half was for the Detroit lions overall. And like their offense more so like there were so many encouraging things that happened in the first half that it was one of those moments where it was, I I think you even tweeted this from the pride of Detroit account, but it's like, is offense really this easy? Like (laughs) is, is this offense as good as it's looking right now? Because that first drive, I mean, it, it didn't matter if there were any dolphin defenders on the field. Like, the, the Lions just moved the ball at will. Yeah, they did get help from a 15-yard penalty, which I know Chris wants to put to bed the, um, you know, the Lions get screwed by the refs all the time because well, in the both first teams half... Are, both teams' flags are flying all over the field. You cannot put this one on the refs had it out for Detroit. Not 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 at all because, I mean, I, I thought the Lions were on the... They, they were the beneficiaries of, of quite a few calls in their favor. So, I... I Overall, to my larger point, like I, I do want to say, like, hey, look, having the offense healthy and relatively healthy, because I mean, DeAndre Swift, I mean, still only had a handful of carries. Like yeah. it was still Jamal Williams' backfield. Um, I mean, the Lions only ran the ball 19 times today, which maybe by design. Maybe. I think that's I think it's a little bit of worry for me that DeAndre Swift couldn't, but granted, this is the first game of DeAndre Swift back in. Uh, however many games it's yeah. been that I mean, like he, he started slow. Okay, fine. Yeah. He's, he's still got 10 touches. I mean, he still had five catches, but I, I, I think, I think if that first drive doesn't start out essentially first and 30 after all the penalties happen, like I think the Lions probably wanted to come out of half and I think they probably wanted to run the ball. They were up, they were up by four. Yeah. And I, I, I think going or coming out of the half getting the ball to, to start the half. Like I think that the lions wanted to run the football and they wanted to establish a tone and penalties snake bit them, man. And it was a tale of two halves. Like, I don't know. Like it, it seems like that's a running theme though. And, and I don't want to put it all on Jared Goff cause it's not all on Jared Goff. Like he had, he might've had his best half of football in Detroit in that first half, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. But it's no just question. one half, and that's the problem when you're but, doing. Right. But, but like, like I said, you, you mentioned, it is you a tale of two halves. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's a tale it's of two halves. Like for, yeah, it's a tale of two halves for the offense. For the defense, it's the same verse, same as the first. But yeah, yeah, yeah for the offense, you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah, just to put a cap on the offense for now, and obviously we'll talk about some individual performances later. It's it, it it's almost like because I, there's there's a sense I think among some lines fans of lines are getting out coached in the second half. They haven't scored a second half point in three games. Um, shut out obviously in the Patriots scored all six points against the Cowboys in the first half, and then again shut out in the second half today. Um, but to me it. it it, I, I hate to use a Dan Campbell, but it feels like they're close. Like today, I don't know how much you, you really want to put the, they had three possessions, three possessions in the second half because the defense can get off the damn field. The first one we say first and 30. Okay. Whatever. Bad luck, bad play by the offensive line, whatever you want to call it. Second drive, they get maybe a first down golf takes a sack on third and nine. I thought TJ Atkinson was wide open there. Whatever that sort of stuff happens. Third drive. All's going well. Like they try, like they're doing everything they want to do. They're bleeding a ton of clock so that if they score the the go ahead touchdown, Seattle only has a limited amount of time because you, I mean you give that team two minutes and it's probably two minutes too much. And then what? You you fail to convert a fourth and two on on probably a poor like. Okay, so basically one of three possessions was was acceptable. It didn't end up in a touchdown, but it's, it, I don't know. It doesn't feel like. They're getting out coached, just like last week in Dallas. Yeah, they they got shut out in the second half, but they also fumbled on the damn goal line, and then they yeah. had to kind of get away from their game plan. And so, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not sounding the bells here on the offense. Maybe it's just they're not good enough to consistently put together a full half. Maybe it's just I don't know if the, if they got even a little bit help. For, here's the thing that that I want to say, and I said it to Chris at halftime. Like this offense has to play a perfect freaking game to win a football game right now. This is what we, we what we complained about with Matthew Stafford when he was here, right? He's lighting every team up, but they're still losing a ton because the defense can't can't hold on to a lead or can't, you know, give them some some breathing room. Like if you score twenty seven points in one half of football, yeah, they went in with a ten point lead, but it probably should be more, right? My, I, I don't yeah, know. I, and and I, like I'm just I'm just not that concerned about the offense right now. I know I know it's frustrating to see them go scoreless in three straight games, but I'm just not. It's just those late game things that gives me a little bit of pause. Again, the things that we're supposed to be practicing, because no matter what they do, and no matter how bad the defense is, you're going to have situations, the NFL, where it comes down to a final drive like they had on that fourth down. It's not fair. It's absolutely not fair to it, to a statistical approach, to, to, a, to a, a efficiency approach to football. But by God, it always like Ryan, we sure. see it every week in the NFL. It comes down to one damn drive. It comes down so one damn drive, and that's what the Lions had at the end there, even through the faults of, of the offense backing up on two drives, even through the defense fumbling away the the, the almost the entire fumbling away the lead, like it still came down to that drive at the end of the game. And it's not fair, but it's that's I I'm I'm gonna be the Neanderthal about it, I guess. It's part of the game too. So well, I, I think we'll talk about defense, but that's that's my final word on the offense is like it's they do have to bat a thousand and like I don't know maybe, maybe you're right maybe they didn't like, even, yeah it felt like the first time the Lions decided to punt you're like okay that was it like that was their chance yeah to people win. people waved the white flag at that point my entire right. Twitter timeline lit up well it, it it felt very reminiscent of the Seattle game right like it yeah. felt like the Lions were getting into a track meet and I you know I I mistakenly earlier I said that the Lions got the ball coming out of the half they didn't but if you would have blinked you would have forgotten that Miami marched <laughs> they down still the, field. Have the lead. Yeah, they still have the lead when they got the ball back. Um 
but I mean, nine plays, 75 yards touchdown in like six minutes. Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden it's a three point game. And then that's where it all of a sudden feels like, okay, well, like Detroit has to answer back because they're only up by three. And if they don't get three here or they don't get at least any, any kind of points, well, then they're in big trouble. Like they're not going to have the opportunity to, to, you know, score on just on one possession and, and take the lead back. And sure enough, they, you know, punt the ball after all the penalties drive them back. But like, I guess that's where we can segue and maybe we can cap off the segment talking about the defense real briefly. Well, I, I want to save that because I think that deserves a deeper dive and we can probably get into individual players in the defense on the other side because there's a lot to talk about on the defense. And I know I feel like a little bit it's going to be broken record, but I thought there was at least bright spots on the defense. And damn it, I hate that it's come to this because I wanted to like be a little more nuanced in the defense. There were some young players who played well, I thought, Jeremy, and maybe we can talk about them on the other side. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, he says. <laughs> We've got a long November ahead of us, not just because November is coming and uh, more news on that soon, because uh, I think we're going above and beyond for what we're doing for November this year. Uh, real quick, I, I guess I guess Jeremy responded that way because I probably feel the same way. Like young players made like two plays. Like Malcolm Rodriguez had a sack and Kirby Joseph forced another fumble and like. Yeah. And then the rest is just downhill from here. Well, 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 the rest was literally watching the Lions on the Lions get into a spot where they forced the Dolphins into a third down, which admittedly they did that a lot. But there was a point in the game where I was like, if the Lions allow another freaking completion over the middle of the field for a first down, I'm going to lose my mind. And I think I lost my mind four or five times because it, well, it happened four <laughs> or five times after that. We'll we'll pay our sponsors here real quick and then we'll try to say, how do you solve a problem like Tyreek Hill? We'll wax on that for about 10 minutes. So uh, real quick, though, got to let you know before we go to break, I've been dramatic about going to it, but we're going to front load it here that the Pride of Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels, allegedly, your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facility at Allen Park. I mean, nomming on a lot of that here to get back to form. Each it two ounce their first half, by the way, just the first. Fueled the first. It fueled the first it, half. <laughs> they ran out. They ran out. They've got to put in another order here for the second half. They 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 ran out for the second half. They need to put in another order. Get some more of the uh, get some more of the uh, the victorious big the beer infused jersey uh, jerky. Excuse me. Uh, each two ounce bag of protein has sixteen twenty grams of protein jerky. Did I say protein twice? Each stick has eight grams of protein. I'm being adequate here. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions first half, it's going to be good enough for you. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, uh, home of winning football team, uh, winning football and baseball teams. I wish I had that. They use locally sourced, all natural black Angus beef and prides themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. I just told you about the beer infused one. It's fantastic. Go to righteousfelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get 15% off your order. Promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Go get some jerky and get stocked up for the uh, winter season. You know, like a squirrel, chipmunks, things of that nature. Coming on the other side, we will talk about the defense. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Pride Detroit POD cast. This is off the rails already.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, we're in our feelings in various different ways now. I don't and think you've ever started a segment with a sigh like you did right there. What just happened in, in the break is amazing. We we have we will explain on the podcast itself because it has to do with Movember. And it's it's amazing. And I'm just I'm letting out a sigh because I, I just I had to let it out, man. <laughs> now we have to also talk about the defense. I'm gonna sigh again. Yeah. So this was not the day for the defense. Cool. He got a fumble early on. Great. Yay. 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 And then I look, it's a tall order. It's a tall. I, I don't care how few points they've scored in the first few games of this year. It was clear Tua was still fe- feeling things out, but it's a tall DM order to cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And I'm making sure I say Jalen Waddle this time because I recorded an entire post game where because of the broadcast, my brain tripped and I started calling him Devonta Smith for entire post game podcast. So let me make sure I get the right Alabama guy, Jalen Waddle for, for four quarters. And the lions absolutely looked like they were trying to guard Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest receivers in the NFL with an undrafted rookie in AJ Park, uh, a former undrafted rookie in AJ Parker. So I guess, Jeremy, from your prognostication of what happened in this game, because it's, it's becoming a bit viral with fans that there's someone to blame or there needs to be a coaching or schematic change with the coaches on defense, but I just see the failings of the, of the lions in this game as just, I hate to say it, it's a skill issue right now. It's a talent issue. They just don't like the, the front seven has shown a little bit of improvement. They've shown a little bit of improvement. I thought they were getting pressure pressure in this game to, to, to a medium degree, but like there's, there's so much lacking in the secondary. 
there's so much lacking in pass coverage and I just don't know what to really do about it. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, you know, people are going to get on Aaron Glenn a lot and and I understand why they might. I think one thing that maybe we were banking on or at least really, really hoping for, and I definitely include myself here, is that the secondary would be better under Aaron Glenn. Like player development would be better because we've seen, we saw him do that in New Orleans as a position coach, make that secondary play better. And we haven't really seen that, right? We've seen Imani regress, if anything. Um, Okuda's playing better, but AJ Parker is regressing. And and I mean a lot a lot of these guys are new guys, right? That I think I think you can maybe point to Brad Holmes as like, okay, you tried to bring in Mike Hughes, that didn't work out. You tried to bring in a bunch of other outside guys last year, that didn't work. Um, they they need to be more aggressive. They do need more talent there. The thing that I found most interesting about the secondary, though, in this game, uh, revolves around Dan Campbell's comments after the game. Because he's never really done this. And he didn't quite do it in this game, but he came very, very close to blaming the players in this game. And he didn't quite do it. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to mischaracterize him, but he said pretty clearly the Lions had a game plan to stop to to stop Waddle and to stop Tyreek Hill. It was to disrupt them, to be physical with them, to to get them at the line so that their routes, their timing, all that was off. And Lions didn't do it. They just straight up didn't do it. They weren't physical. They didn't hit the guys. And that, I mean, if you told these guys the game plan all week was to get physical and bump them and then they didn't do it in the game. I mean, ultimately, I guess that falls on you as a coaching because you didn't, you didn't make it clear enough for you. But at the same time, like if you set out a game plan and then the players didn't do it, well, what do you do? You got to execute. If you're a player, you got to execute. It's easier said than done, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Trying, trying to to press Tyreek Hill, where if you miss your punch, it's over. You just gave up a touchdown. Me sitting on my in my chair here, I can say like, "Oh, just press him. It's it's easy." No, it's not easy. But it was it was it was kind of illuminating for me to hear Dan Campbell saying, "Listen, we told these players to do one thing, and they did another." That's bad. Yeah, I just want to make sure we get all the clarity on that because I don't want Jeremy taken out of context um, and put into trouble again. The the only the, t- so the important context here too is like then someone asked him like okay well if your players aren't doing what you asked like whose whose fault is that and he said well that's everybody's fault including my own so he he did he did eventually take ownership but at the same time he's saying like I told them to do this why didn't they, they didn't do this I I think we had that. I think we gather that understanding from first bite this week though, right? Like our chat that we had with the guy from Finsider, Merrick Brave. Uh, we we had this sneaking suspicion that the Lions secondary banged up. Lions secondary really, really down a few players and counting on big time contributions from players like Kirby Joseph. I mean, and he did have the force fumble, but I mean AJ Parker, again, this isn't a guy that like Lions fans could hang their hat on and say, oh, that's Mr. Reliable. That's Mr. Dependable. Like we can count on AJ Parker in the slot. Like, I mean, it was that it was Juju Hughes. It was, you know, Amani Orwarie having a, another bad game. Um, you know, we knew that the secondary was going to be put to the test and they were put to the test by the, you know, to the tune of what, 294 yards from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. 
alone, just those two. Yeah, 294. Yeah, I mean... Add another like, 38 in from Mike Gusecki on top yeah. of it while you're at it. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, 294 yards from two receivers. Like, if, if that happens to you, you're probably losing the football game. Because here, here's, here's the... Here's the, you know, the, the flip side of that. And this was my prediction for for first bite. And the one thing I think I knew like Lions run defense wasn't terrible. Like they only allowed 4.1 yards of carry 26 carries 107 yards. Like that's how they got into all those third downs, right? Like every time Miami ran the ball, we're like, whew, that was yeah, a wasted down for them. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. We were <laughs> like, Hey, you handed off to Raheem Mostert. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, that was that was the Lions' saving grace is the the Dolphins choosing to run the football because they couldn't they they really couldn't do a good job of it but at the same time they didn't have to like I don't know I, I felt like they ran the football like literally I mean it's a cliche but I think that they probably ran the football to keep the Lions honest and yeah. I think a lot of those rushing yards also came from like the two to a screw like a couple of to a tongue of Iloa scrambles as well. Like that one play where he just had the the field wide open in front of him. Yeah, I mean, well, two two had five carries for nineteen yards with a long of eighteen. Yeah, so just yeah. one. So well, some of those are kneels, I think, at the end too. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I I think that if you're gonna pull any positives out, it's that the Lions weren't getting banged up every which way on offense. Like, it's very clear. But I think that we're at the understanding right now is like not only is the secondary very young, very inexperienced, very lean on talent. There was no pass rush in this game. Like the Lions were not getting home at all to Tua. Like Tua was very comfortable with a lot of time to operate in fairly clean pockets. I would be surprised if the Lions totaled more than I mean, we'll see when the PFF stats come out, but like, I'd be surprised to think that they pressured him more than six or seven times at most. Yeah. They picked up a couple sacks technically. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Because one, he gets the ball out incredibly quick, quick. Right. And a couple of times they, they dialed up a blitz, like on that third and 13, they dialed up a blitz and two just lofted it up and and Tyreek just ran under it, you know, and Mm. there's not much you can do there. Um, But the line said it this week, like, we're not going to get a ton of opportunities, but when we get opportunities, we have to, we have to capitalize on them. And I think, I think you're right. I think it's fair to say that they didn't. Um, yeah. But I, I think to your point too, Jeremy, that you've been making all year long, it's like the lions aren't able to generate pressure unless they scheme it up, unless they're sending blitzes. And yeah. that was a Malcolm Rodriguez sack, right? Of sending an extra defender, the yep. Juju sack, sending an extra fen- defender. Like, yep. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, since we're on the term of scheme, because I, again, this is a game that I think some fans will probably lay at the feet of Aaron Glenn because it's become trendy and people are just hoping that, you know, you change out a, a coordinator at some point. I, I, I've, I've gotten weary of hearing the term. Let's just see what we have in Aubrey Pleasant, Aubrey Pleasant. This isn't just like swapping out. Uh, um, oh, why am I blanking on this name from last year again? Anthony Lynn. Thank you. I'm sorry. This isn't just swapping out Anthony Lynn. And just being like, okay, well, let's take a few months. Let's take a month here and rewrite the playbook. And it's right as rain. I don't like no disrespect to Aubrey Pleasant. I don't think he's at a point in his career where he could like write up a whole defensive playbook and scheme it up and put it into the middle of a season like that. We're we're talking, we're talking about the defensive backs coach. 
Yeah. And where are the Lions most def- def- deficient, Ryan? <laughs> Probably on that back end. Right. Yeah. And, and the only other candidate is Todd Wash has been a defensive coordinator before. Mm-hmm. How's that defensive line doing right now? Well, Michael just, Brockers, I, I, healthy I, scratch again. I just think it sends a bad message if you're going to be canning another coordinator, two coordinators in two years, too. And like at the end of the day, like to, to Jeremy's point earlier, it's about your players to execute as well. And I still contend that just at the end of the day, this talent just isn't that good. And I I, I don't I don't care for the like I, I feel like it becomes very nitpicky at that point, because, yeah, I mean, Ro- Jeremy, Ryan, like I, I heard it from fans today. It's like. Why, why aren't the Lions running high, too? Because that's working across the NFL right now. Why are we spending so much time in in man? And I, I I hesitate doing any of this because this is where, you know, fans and media like get tripped up is trying to uh, diagnose coverages in, in any sport. I know you said, Jeremy, it seemed like you were running a little more zone here today, but I, yeah. I scheme-wise, I don't... Again, we're just going back to the Dan Campbell this, quote. This like, defense is yeah. starting four rookies, and and those might be the best players on the field. What what do you want them to? There is no like special secret sauce, special secret plan that you can devise to put these guys in good positions against the best wide receiver duo in the league. The Lions have gone up against a lot of really good wide receiver duos this entire season, and. Listen, I know that's just the name. None of them hold a candle to Miami's. <laughs> None of them hold. It's yeah. Cheetah. But it's Cheetah all, over there. He calls himself Cheetah for a reason. I, I think I think at some point we're going to look back at this first half of the season and realize the Lions' defense is not good, and I'm not trying to rationalize their poor play at all, but to contextualize it, they've gone against some really good pass offenses. They have. Do you and, think this and is so just a- this? A lot of people are going to view this as a step back from last week, and maybe that's fair, maybe it isn't. But – it was also a much worse matchup, a much worse matchup. And and that's that's why we have to look at these performances, I think, individually in their own little, you know, environment. Like, yeah, the, cow, the they made some advances against the Cowboys. One, because the Cowboys offense isn't that good. Two, because I think they did make some schematic changes that worked. But when you go against a guy like Tua, who who's very good in the pocket, who can manipulate the pocket, get it out of the pocket, make some plays off uh, off center and has a really good set of wide receivers, that's exactly this defense's kryptonite. And I know this defense has a lot of kryptonite, but that's the worst of them. And so next week, when you're going against a Packers offense that's struggling, the week after, when you're going against a Bears offense that is struggling, although they're they're starting to maybe figure some things out, if you don't see any progress there, I think that's when maybe you can start panicking. And I know know I'm talking about going against Aaron Rodgers, you know, a, a really good quarterback, and then, you know, Justin Fields, a guy who might be figuring out, might not be. I, I, you know, they they played pretty well last week. I didn't get to watch them this week against um, whoever they played. I know they Dallas. lost. They, they Dallas. got smoked by Dallas, but that was mostly their defense collapsing. But my point is those are much better matchups. And so we can't just look at this as like trending up or trending down. It matters who you're playing. And the Dolphins have a top five passing offense in this league. And the Lions got destroyed by it because it was a horrible matchup. We all, if you were paying any attention, you knew this was coming, and you, and there was nothing Aaron Glenn could do all week to fix it. Do you think this is a function, Jeremy, of just last year people people really gassing up Aaron Glenn for making something out of an even worse defense sure. at the time? That it's just this is a high bar, and people are just looking for someone to well, blame. I, I mean, I don't. Are, are we looking at last year differently because? 
they weren't good defensively last year. I th- no, I think but you're coming like off Aaron that Glenn. year and people are saying, oh, no, we might lose Aaron Glenn to like a head coaching job. Right. I, th- that, I think that maybe you invariably at... makes you a big name in town. It He did almost kind of set the tower and then knock it over, right? Because we were all like, wow, look at what he got out of Jerry Jacobs. Look what he got out of AJ Parker, like these undrafted rookie guys. And, and now like, okay, now the sample size of these guys is a little bit bigger and you realize, oh, these guys aren't that good. They just kind of had a flash in the pan. And so... Is I mean, is it Aaron Glenn's fault that he made them look good and now they they don't look good? I I, I don't know. That's I, that's yeah. That's it, that's it's kind of silly. Yeah. Um. I I think that I I'm not saying Aaron Glenn is blameless here, right? They need they need to be performing better than they are. That if if we're talking about some of these rookie pieces, we're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, we're talking about Malcolm Rodriguez and Kirby Joseph, all playing pretty well. Well, those are three guys, one at each level. Make it work around those guys. And I'm not saying give me a, a top. Tw- I'm not even saying give me a top 25 defense. Just don't give me a 32nd ring defense. But this week was just a really tough, poor matchup. And so I'm not surprised by it. I'm not really that discouraged by it because I don't think this game moved the needle at all for me, for Aaron Glenn or the defense next week, the next two weeks really are going to be telling a lot. And then I don't even want to approach the idea of Thanksgiving. Cause that's, that's going to be bad. That's going to be this all over again. Oh boy. Ryan, any thoughts on any of this? Oh man. I just thought Jerry Jacobs coming back was going to fix everything. Um, <laughs> Sounds like he might, might get, it's interesting. Like they, they're taking him very slowly. It seems like they, they're just like, oh, let's just get him, get his feet wet with special teams. And then we'll see how it works on defense eventually down the line. But I think, I think today's game might speed up the process a little bit there. Last last question I have for you guys, and I know I'm kind of like we're, we're digging up whatever we had for individual players to talk about, but I did have some questions in the post game about, you know, why aren't they playing a Fatu Melifonwu? And it's like, okay, but most of that's just injury. But is that someone else you should we should worry about as far as just players just not panning out for the defense, or is that just fully injury at this point? Hundred percent. I mean, not only has he been injured, but they also switched the position that he played. Like, I think that there was a lot of optimism around, like, oh, like they're gonna have this like long cornerback that has like some athleticism to his game, and he's gonna be like a good like matchup guy, like playing against bigger bodied receivers, and like he can keep up with guys who are shifty and things like that. And then it was, oh no, he he, he can't. Oh, he's hurt. Oh, it's training camp. He's a safety now. And now he's still not on the field. And the greatest ability is what, Jeremy? Ability. Availability. Availability. I'm sorry. Um, I keep messing that up. I'm I'm stupid. But I but is that is that not I mean it's just I, I don't know. I don't want to keep on like because I have this kind of like I'm killing homes a little bit on this, but like round two, Levi, round three, Fatu Melifanmu. Like that those are two significant picks that the truth yeah. I mean the truth of the matter is he's only made two investments into the secondary in, in two years. And it's always been one of the weaker points ever since this damn t- this damn team ran Derry Slay out of town. And so one is Kirby Joseph, a rookie who's playing somewhat well, certainly above expectations given but I don't even think they wanted him playing yet. And the other one is is Iffy and and Iffy has been you know, I don't want to throw the B word around in, in a year and a half into his career, but he's given us nothing. He's given us literally nothing. Yeah. So Brad Holmes has added nothing to the secondary. That's, I mean, that's the best it's way to put collect- it, right? Like he's it's, added nothing. He's added yeah. nothing. Yeah. Except maybe a good safety down the line. 
Well, hopefully it'll be a uh, target in this coming draft. Oh, but God. I, I said the word. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's your last day of October. Be ready for it. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, the next coming month, I think I want to spend the next segment. November means a lot to us. We're going to talk a lot about that and maybe talk about some standout players from this game. Uh, and if we don't, then we'll just try to tie this up early because uh, I'm sure everyone's frustrated and the less we talk, the better. So we'll be right back on the Pride to Detroit POD cast. Pride of Detroit POD cast. I'm going to do something a little bit different to wrap up the show here. Uh, we taunted about it. We talked about it a little taunted. What do I say taunted? We hinted at it a little bit last week. Uh, it is the last day of October on Monday, which means Tuesday is November. Movember. Last year, we raised $12,000, I think, between for both. 20,000. Jeez, I've been yeah. lowballing us for Prostate Cancer Foundation and for RAIN, Rape Abuse and Incest National Network. This year, we have some new charities lined up, and our goals, our methods of torture have evolved. <laughs> They've changed. They've gotten better, and all because we want you to tune in. I know this is a tough time where everyone wants to start to move on to the next big font of hope, in Detroit sports. And that's the Red Wings and the Pistons right until they crush your damn heart. And you come right back for the Thanksgiving game. Cause you got nothing better in your life. <laughs> Cause those teams will betray you too. They will betray you just as well, man. <laughs> I hope the Tigers sign someone big in free agency. Uh, but either way, we got Movember, Jeremy. Yeah. This is where you put mostly your hair on the line. Yes. Uh, yeah. So obviously uh, most people I'm, I'm sure are aware a lot of people raise money during the vote the, the month of November by growing out mustaches. They call it Movember mustache. Uh, that's what I've been doing. We've been doing uh, the past couple of years. And so we, we raise money during the entire month, mostly through these live streams that we do on Twitch, but there will be um, links everywhere on the website in the podcast descriptions, all that sort of stuff, links to get you to where you need to be. They'll all be live on Tuesday, November. And and yeah, I guess we, we might as well announce the the charities that we're going to support this year. We're going to do it a little bit different rather than doing first half of the month, last half of the month. Um, we're, we're trying something different. We're, we're actually offering some auctioned, uh, auction items off, including some, some signed footballs, some Lions art, homemade art um, as well. Um, all of that information will be available once they're available to to bid on. Um, but those things that so those were are, are kind of going to be separate. Those are all going to something called uh, the Crisis Text Hotline, which is I know Chris one of one of the things that that you wanted to support this year. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'll give you the the floor to talk about that. Yeah, it's it's a non it's a global nonprofit. It's kind of a text line. I, I want to find something for anxiety. Uh, mostly because my disorder has been going off the, the damn chart. But, you know, it's it's for anxiety, depression, suicide, other problems. It's a discreet, well-funded, uh, you know, decently funded hotline. I think it does a lot of, I haven't used it myself, but I, I've heard good things about it, that it's a good service for people just struggling with that because, like, look, dealing with this stuff is not perfect. And I think for a lot of people who deal with 
very deep anxiety and depression and suicide. Like they, it's hard enough to ask them to reach out to someone else, especially when it goes through your head that you're just a burden to a lot of other people. But I think that, you know, having these resources all the same is just, it's, it's insanely good. And they're, they're very proactive about it. It's not a, they're, 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 they're good about moving people to the front too. And just not like, especially if it's serious, it's not a long wait time. If it's just really bad, it's, it, I I'm fumbling how, how I'm talking about this. I'm fumbling how I talk about this, but my point is that it is a, it, it's help reaching out to live train counselors for people who absolutely need it. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not good at texting, but you know, it, it's everything I've heard about it. It's, it's very good. And it could absolutely use some, some help. And I'm very proud. We're getting to auction some items off of it. Yeah. And, and Movember has always been um, one of their primary focuses has been mental health um, with, you know, the main, no, it's typically under men's health, but I like this. This is a little more all encompassing and I can, I can even speak from, from personal experience. Um, some of the biggest hurdles I think for people taking care of their mental health is cost is is i mean just the cost of of healthcare in general therapy um, therapy in general is just yes. very it's very mm. hard to get coverage for it it's very hard and and like ther- therapy like going remote is a nightmare too yeah like i've so, heard horror stories about people being on like zoom calls with a supposed therapist as they're taking care of like their kids or something it's clear you're not their priority like it's, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal and dissuades people from reaching that. So it's, it's good to have these kind of lines that are dedicated to actually give concern to people. Right. And, and then the, the other one that we will be funding through our, our live streams, which live links will, will be available in a couple of days here is the Alzheimer's association who has a, a campaign called the longest day going on currently ryan i know this was one that you wanted to to to, you know one that you pitched to support so um if if you want to talk about it for a minute here too as well i'd appreciate that yeah so i mean uh the longest day um the alzheimer's association uh essentially i mean it's just like you know uh raising for advances in care and support and research efforts for um you know curing the disease of alzheimer's um I know it's something that uh, a lot of people have to uh, go through in their life. And, uh, you know, I, I went through it with personally, like with uh, with my grandparents on my on my father's side, um, with with my parents taking care of them until the end. And right now kind of going through it with my grandma as well. And it, it's just such a it's a sad thing to see unfold um, and, you know, raising money for this charity, I think, um why it means a lot to me is just i i think that the promotion of like you know chris mentions you know with with mental health and and kind of a um a reactionary uh you know measure um when you are going through tough times and you do want to reach out to somebody and get that help from you uh this seems like preventative right like how can we build um brain health how can we support um you know positive um you know, positive and, and, and good promotion for, for brain health as a you know preventative measure. And, and how can we ensure that um, our brains stay healthy as long as possible? So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's I, I, I don't think I, I don't think there's a, a single person our age that, that doesn't know someone that's been affected by Alzheimer's in, in, in some sort of way. Um, such such a pervasive 
issue and and, and heartbreaking one like just you said, so just sad just so yeah. sad to see somebody go through that yeah. yeah yeah so anything we can do to to prevent that and and also just you know take care of those that, that are that are suffering all right we we've gotten a little too sappy here let's talk to the people what they really want to hear about where their money is going to make us cause pain suffering and uh embarrass ourselves for for their sake and enjoyment <laughs> do we want to talk about it okay so yeah these aren't a hundred percent set in gold, but they're very close to to set. In. Consider this our 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 final rough draft. Yes, um, but so basically, every five thousand dollars that we raise is going to get earn you guys a new collective goal reward, um, as a group. And let's start with the five thousand one, uh, the quote unquote easy one to get. At five thousand, we are going to do a cosplay stream where I will dress up in my. Henry Ford Museum old timey baseball. Chris, I believe, is also going to do some sort of old timey baseball thing. I'll get some. I'll get some baseball gear. Yeah, I'll find some old timey stuff. Uh, it, just to be clear, is this going to be the uh, jersey that you were in when you just mangled your hand? <laughs> Maybe I, I do have to still clean the blood off of that one, so we'll see. It's I have, sitting there I have a second one. That's not coming out. <laughs> it probably isn't. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you you plan to contribute to that cosplay stream in a different way though right yeah uh i have an idea and i'm not gonna reveal it oh okay fair enough go ahead Ten thousand. next level chris must be forced to take a tour of italy via 25 dollars or more more probably on spent on olive garden and eat it all in one sitting i can i i, I first off we should explain this that my family at least me, my sisters, and everyone, we take pride in our Italian-American heritage. Uh, I told, uh, A, before I even get to my sister, I, I told my, A, I told my sister about this, and I told her what's on the tour of Italy. Olive Garden has something called a tour of Italy that is three dishes. It's lasagna, fettuccine Alfredo, and chicken Parmesan. And my sister was more upset than I was because if you know anything about actual Italian cuisine, which is what you would think you would say for tour of Italy, you understand why all of this is wrong, 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 wrong. It's more like a tour of little Italy somewhere. But this is the part I haven't told any of these other guys now, right up until now. I've never been to Olive Garden before in my life. Never. Not once. Oh, so the, I think the other layer to this is that you're afraid you're going to like it. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. No, yeah. I am absolutely not. Talk about spooky. But it will be, the, the, the payoff for this is that I will go there and it will be recorded. I will put a mirror on this goddamn screen and get, and with my reactions, and hopefully they won't kick me out for recording myself when I go to the Olive Garden, but I will be sitting there eating it with a camera on my face and you will see my visible disgust as I bite into probably what is going to be the most gross fettuccine Alfredo I've ever seen in my life. All right, let's so, uh, let's go through these a little quick. It will it will pay. It will be paid off. Yes, we've got a lot to do. Fifteen k. I will get a a legitimate henna tattoo. I'm not. I'm not actually going to get a tattoo. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to do that. Henna's of, fine. Of henna anything, washes. anything that chat chooses. So at some point we'll have a poll. It seems like a lot of people want mozzarella sticks. Some people want like Aaron Rodgers or I don't know something something weird or, or Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn, maybe we'll we'll put up a poll for that uh, eventually. That's at 15k, 20k, which is what we reached at last year. Uh, I will do a just a dance stream, the the video game Just Dance. I will do an entire Twitch stream of me playing that game, which seems like a bad idea. But 25k, 
we are bringing back the mozzarella sticks milkshake which if you watched us uh do a charity stream with uh our old friend kyle kasky the lions former running backs coach i attempted to drink i i can't even say that i did drink which was what i mean what was in it i don't even remember mozzarella sticks marinara sauce ranch i think was in there ice it was gross I'm going to try to make something that's a little bit more tolerable, but actually drink a lot of it. It's gross. It's horrible. I hate mozzarella sticks. I certainly hate a mozzarella sticks. Well, let's, let, let's, let's, let's hold off on the values on this. Cause we had a late addition to ideas. So sure. like, here's, here's our other ideas past 20, 25,000. So one of the things we like, if we, if we reach, I think we originally had this at 35,000 that Jeremy will go ahead and just dye his hair blue at this point. We dyed the mustache blue last year. Yeah. And this year we will just go full head, full head. Um, at one point, I think we originally had this at 40,000 that I will do the Pocky's one chip challenge. Mm-hmm. Jeremy put this so high because he's terrified it's going to send me to the hospital like it has mm-hmm. other people. I think that's just that's the, I, I don't think that's going to happen. See, um, this that That's even what worries me more is that you you're overly confident about it. I had that's- a friend who just did it recently. I'm fine. The other thing that's been added in like, well, first off, we have here, I see written down 50,000. You're just going to shave your head, which yeah. granted you're going to have to do once it's blue anyway. But no, well, the late the, the late addition is that we went through the Pride of Detroit archives back to the days. What year was it, Ryan, when uh, the Michigan-Michigan State game, he has trouble with the snap? What year was that again? 2015. Was that 2015? Yeah, It was, yeah. Seven years ago. Jeremy was so in his feelings as a Michigan fan after that game that he wrote a fan post on prideofdetroit.com. It's almost completely buried at this point. We dredged up through black magic and sorcery, and we are going to figure out a way to have this as a dramatic reading of Jeremy's just wretched pain of heart and soul because his collegiate team lost a football game because their punter did not have the wherewithal to just just huck it away that he tried to to punt it again and that jeremy so down in the dumps is a downtrodden unlucky never never in the spotlight michigan wolverines fan poured his heart and soul into this column in the fan posts in the only place he could. And we are going to have a dramatic reading of that column for you for the first time in seven years. If, if we reach one of these above $25,000 goals. Yes. Um, Other generously, other other options that that we're throwing out there. um, I do a TikTok dance on, on our soon to be created. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I have a TikTok page now. I might also grow out my hair for an entire year, which I've done before, but uh, a lot of people seem to uh, seem to like that idea. But let's let's move on to some other things, because that's not all that you guys earn for donating. Um, There are also individual perks. There's raffle items. So every twenty dollars that you donate to either one of these charities, whether it's actually I'm sorry. Yeah, no, either one, whether it's through the uh, the the auctions or through the the live donations on our twitch page every 20 dollars you donate basically equates to a raffle ticket that we will raffle off at the end here are some things that you can win um a lion starter jacket uh the the old school throwback ones that, that were just released by our friends at homage um a whole bunch of stuff from our friends at questionable tees including real journalism's uh shirt uh mcdc t-shirts hakamania t-shirts 
Rodrigo hoodies, uh, Jamal Williams hoodies. They're, they're like they're putting together so many prize packs. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So shout out to our friends at Questionable Tees. There's going to be Lions tickets on the lines. Our friends at Righteous Felon, who sponsor our podcast, uh, sent me this enormous snack pack that is not just beef jerky, but also a bunch of other fun snacks in it. So that's one another prize pack that we're giving away. I'm pretty sure there are going to be some Pride of Detroit things on the line as well. Um, there'll be a full list of that on the website on Tuesday, but a whole bunch of stuff there. Do you have something to say real quick? I was going to be, but wait, there's more. There is more because you can win things immediately with certain amount of individual donations. Um, again, these aren't set in stone, but this is about what you can expect. Um, $10 donation. Feed a treat to Zazu, my dog, live here on our Twitch channel. Twenty dollars, uh, you get to send a message that one of us writes on our face in Sharpie. Fifty dollars, you can mute one of us during very a live popular. podcast. Very, very that. popular. Uh, Hundred dollars, draw a cat face on one of the, of the people on on the live stream. Uh, Two hundred fifty dollars, you can we we will devote an entire Twitch stream to you while we watch something on Amazon's prime's catalog we they call it watch parties uh so you can make us watch essentially anything on amazon's uh catalog five hundred dollars donation automatically gets you an opportunity to write an article for pride of detroit now that's always subject to editorial process so um you know if you you, you can't get away the with senior it. editor will oversee that that's true <laughs> yeah all right yeah put me in charge of it <laughs> and then and, uh, and then at the the, the key is one thousand dollars of pod cast appearance Yes, you, you can join, join us. In. We had we had um, someone. It was almost two years. We are going to do a lot better job at keeping track of who's yes. on the POD cast appearances, because it was fun when we had them on last time, and they will absolutely be a chance. And if you want to redeem it at any point too, I think we redeemed one of those by having someone join our uh, draft night party as well. Mm-hmm. So any it's it's a ticket to any stream POD cast stream any at any time. You got the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Shout out Lauren Moore. That was Lauren Moore. That's who I was. I was trying to remember her name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was fantastic. Believe it or not. Yeah. We're not done here because there is more perks for you. The donator here, because every thousand dollars that we raise, we spin something called the wheel of pain, which we uh, immortalized last year. Uh, Last year was every 2,500. Now you get to spin it more times every 1,000 dollars we spin and here are some of the things that it can lie it could land on wax your armpit bean boozled which is gross tasting jelly beans a shot of pickle juice eat a bug a big spoon of mustard and ryan eats baby food <laughs> ryan's and got a great baby so, so he's got some great baby food <clears throat> So that and and a whole like there there could be definitely more than than that on the wheel of the pain. There could be more of that in terms of prizes and stuff. We're going to be collecting prizes all throughout the month and things like that and continuing to update our post. Again, go to pridedetroit.com on Tuesday morning. That's when the post will go up with all this sort of information and links. Please donate whatever you can, even if it's a dollar or five dollars or or two dollars and fifty cents. Whatever you can donate. Is, is more than what they had before. So anything would help. And if you can't, if you're in a tight financial situation, all we ask is that you share the word, share it with people that you know, if this, if these causes are something that you care about, or you really just want to see me with blue hair or, or Chris choking down some 
um, infinite breadsticks, whatever you want, whatever motivates you, uh, please spread the word, please give. And uh, we're excited to have a lot of fun in November. That's a Doctor Strange movie I haven't seen. <laughs> the infinite breadsticks of torture. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Oh, also near the end of November will be a marathon stream on yes. twitch.tv slash pride Detroit. And last year we had a lot of guests on there. We had several people to talk draft. Uh, Dan Miller, your radio voice, of the Detroit lions stopped by. We got to talk a lot to him leading into, I think it was leading into the, uh, that was what we did that. I think last year before Thanksgiving, maybe no, no, no. It was after Thanksgiving, but like, I, I just remember cause I was asking him about Jim Brandstatter, but, um, yeah, no, we have plenty of people who stop by for that. It's a long stream. I uh, promise there'll be draft talk during that stream. How about that? Sure. But we're still getting guests together for that and everything. But it's a big, this is all very big. It's why we have devoted the last 20 minutes of this show talking about it. It means a lot to us. And it's part of this community here with Pride Detroit, because it is a community. We're not just here to yammer about football with you. We 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 have a community with you people. I was waiting for Ryan to jump in with what do you mean you people? But anyway. What no, I'm I got blocked by the chef. The Midwestern blue collar chef. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a joke for off off uh, off stream. Anyway, I think that's gonna do it for POD cast. I'm that's so great, excited for November, man. It's gonna be great. It'll be fantastic. Until that time, we're signing off with POD cast, getting you out of here. Thank you as always. Happy Movember. We'll see you starside. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com.